everybody. Welcome to Flip Switch, the Bipolar and Depression Connection brought to you by the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation, C-A-B-F, www.bpkids.org, online. Uh, if you add the slash in the Flip Switch, you'll go right to the Teens and Twenties section, which is where we are. And if you want to get a hold of us, it's flipswitch at bpkids.org. Drop us a line, leave a comment. We love both. With me today is our co-host, a new person who will help me talk about the Teen Roundtables, somebody who was on this year's Teen Roundtable, it is... Amy Lynn. Amy Lynn, now, what was your take on the Teen Roundtables? We've, you've heard Ryan and I's take thus far. Mm-hmm. What was your take, now, a little bit out, thinking about the Teen Roundtables? I think they were good. I learned a lot from them. The only thing that I also did notice, and I agree with you and Ryan on, is there seemed to be times where people would contradict themselves and it just shows how hard those answers really are mm-hmm. because you you know you think okay i know the answer he's the answer and then the more thought you put into it it's like wait i don't know if that's actually what i do or what i'd actually recommend so they're just very hard answers that nobody really right i think ultimately what it is is people have this way they know or think they want to be that sounds really good. Yes, I want to be open with people. I want to tell people when I have a problem and I want to be close to people. But the reality is society is about competition. You are in competition with other people to get a job and to make money. In college, you are in competition with other people to make a certain grade. In high school, you are in competition with other people, be it through sports, be it through grades, whatever. Um, And society is constantly telling you, you're not ready yet. You still need to train. You still need to be better. At what point does society tell you, it's okay to be broken? It's okay to not be as good as anybody else. It's okay to show something Never. might be wrong. Right. Never. And so as you keep talking to people about this stuff, sooner or later that comes back out. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I'll tell everybody about what I have. I know that's the right thing to do. Really? You're going to go tell everybody that you're worthless and that's how you see yourself? You can tell everybody that you can't get out of bed. Well, go tell your boss that, in fact. See how that works out. Yeah. See how much money you make that week. To some extent, we, we've had discussions about this recently where it's the world wants something from you, and then there's what's healthy. How do you unite those two things? Because uh, they're not always the same. In fact, they're very much different. Uh, if you, especially in college, if you're in the age range of college and don't go to college even, hey, let's go out to the bar. Let's go out to the club. It's... 10 o'clock at night, let's get started. Like, yeah. Hey, I should be sleeping. I sh- don't think I should be drinking. I'd have this disorder called bipolar disorder, which over half the people with a, at one point will, at some point in their life, have a substance abuse disorder. You know, I'm depressed, and we know that drinking doesn't tend to help that, though at least you would be de-isolating yourself, which would be good. And that's kind of what I get out of the whole thing. I agree with you. Now, you experienced it. What kind of questions did you think needed to be asked that weren't asked? If I remember right, you did ask about, you know, what would you do if this happened to you, which I feel like is a big once people need to start thinking in that direction. Was it a fair question, though? What would you do if this happened to you? But can you really think about that? Oh, you can't accurately answer that, no. So then how do, how would you ask that in a way that would get something real? Because otherwise, aren't people just giving you standard answers that they've kind of know they should be saying but it's one of those things that it helps if you ask like the more detailed questions like 
what would you do if you had to go on medication every day? But if you're not in that situation, if they've yet to go through that, Correct. you're never going to get a 100% reliable answer because they're not there. So what what is something that people who don't have depression, people who never had to, to live with bipolar disorder, what is something common that everybody has to go through that is similar in the sense that if only I didn't have to do this every single day? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I can't either. A lot of people say I wish I didn't have to go to work every day. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't. I don't see that as necessarily like something you'd be ashamed of or you'd be worried about stigma about. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And to some extent, that's how I would stay on a topic, just to make sure. The longer we went, the l- the more they would drop their guard, and the real kind of yeah. answer would come out. There's no easy answer. The thing I do notice about everybody is they want to do the right thing, though. That's a very positive thing. A lot of people are just like get out of my way <laughs> well also not only that but everybody wants to be viewed in the right correct light which is so nobody's wh- is that why they want to do the right thing to some extent i feel like for some people i don't know emmy lynn kicking the knowledge that's truth i mean i i agree to some extent a lot of people do kind of put on the good face for that so well i tell you what let's get back into the teen round tables today and see what you think after you've heard your womanly voice for the next 10 minutes Welcome to the Child and Adolescent Bipolar Foundation College Roundtable 2010. I'm Peter. I'm 18. I'm Melissa. I'm 20. I'm Amy Lynn. I'm 20. I'm Paul. I'm 19. I'm Terrence. I'm 18. I'm Alex. I'm 19. Uh, Let's backtrack for a moment. How do you think men and women are different when it comes to dealing with depression? Or even just with depression in general, not even dealing maybe. Um, or are they? they? They aren't necessarily. I mean, that was just a question. So it's just like how men and women deal with it differently? How do, or how, maybe how does it affect them differently? How do they deal with it differently? Um, what What do you know? Or what do you think? Is it because they're not suggesting there is actually a difference at all? Well, for what I know for sure is that, and this is based in many different areas, like other than mental disorders, um, there seems to be a re- enforcing of gender norms and okay, like, okay, Mr. College, what does that mean? Um, so like a male is supposed to be aggressive, is supposed to be like alpha male, <laughs> right. tough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I think someone mentioned earlier, like pull up your bootstraps like when you're down. Right, right. Like fuck up. Like it's it's sort of like um, you have to eliminate pain. Like it's like you're invulnerable. Right. You have to you have to retain this image. And like for women it it's like acceptable in like many societies for them um, to be mentally unstable because they're expected to be. All right, continue. Uh, so yeah, so just like so there's a differentiation between men and women, and that uh, one's supposed to retain this image of strong. So, so do you think it's more acceptable then for women? That's what you're saying to be to be depressed. In several societies, yes. And in men, it's not acceptable. Right. It had to retain a certain image. Right. Does anybody, do we agree with that? I would agree that in some societies, yes. What about um, our society? Well, I mean, our society is made up of different subgroups, though. Like, so. There's no general stream? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because you could get into subcultures, like you could go with the emos. Yeah, or like, you know, the black community, the white community, the gay community. There's like all different communities that make up our. Right. So there is no true American society. 
There is, but you have to look at it in like a sociological imagination, and like <laughs> in the step of like a biography in the face of like your own history. Okay. I don't know that there is necessarily uh, across the board difference um, in depression or mental disorders in general for women and men, but I think more a difference for each individual, maybe. Okay. okay. Anybody else? Emilian, what do you think? I think if we had to simplify things, it overall is not just in the sense of like depression. It's not. I'm not saying that it's more acceptable for girls to show, you know, to to be depressed. But simplifying things, it does seem like it's more. Um, acceptable for girls to show emotion than guys in, in society, just in that sense. Guys are, they're, as we were talking about gender norms, it is um, seen as more normal for guys to be the stronger ones, um, the ones with, I guess, more rational, where girls tend to have more emotions, their emotions get out um, more. So mainly what we've talked about is women and what they're allowed to do versus what men are not allowed to do. Uh, how does that affect how men are classified then? Does it mean that men are really depressed a lot and they're just not being diagnosed? Or does it mean they're not being, they're, they don't experience depression because it's so taboo? Maybe experience it. Maybe they don't admit it as much. They experience it just as much, but I feel like they're going to show signs differently. Um, they're going to sure. try harder t to hide it. And I feel like for men, depression comes out more as anger, whereas for women, it does come out in sadness or those types of feelings rather than the anger that men get. In fact, there, is, uh, there was a body of research done um, God, probably 15 years ago now that started suggesting that if you look at anger, which is a secondary emotion, meaning it doesn't ever come first in the process, it's always covering something up. And if you look at that process, it looks very much like a lot of men who are angry are really actually lashing out because they're depressed and they don't know how else to handle it. So that led to a reclassification of a lot of men that, in fact, they were going through a similar thing with different expressions. What do you think about the idea of anger being a secondary emotion? I think I'd agree with that. If, from an outsider's perspective, of course, when you're going through anger, you're never going to admit that, oh, I'm really hurt, and so I'm showing anger. But if you break down everything that's going on and look at it from the outside, I think I agree. No, maybe about a year ago, more year and a half ago even, we had a show on anger and what anger is. And the idea of secondary emotion, what that means is... Anger never is the first emotion that you have. It is always covering something else up. That might be frustration, it might be hurt, it might be sadness, whatever. But it's not ever first, never, not ever single, ever one time. So the reality is if you could just go ahead and deal with the original emotion, you'd be better off and express it in a more positive direction. There are certain people who they know that and they would just go, well, I would just prefer to be angry, which makes sense. I'd prefer to be angry than feel really horrible about myself or sad about something that's happened but uh, it's not healthy in fact there's a famous 
I think Freud even was the first person to say it. Says it. Depression's anger turned inwards. Meaning, if you could express your anger towards whatever is causing you distress, you would not feel that distress. And you'd be fine. But when you have nowhere else to go, you start beating up on yourself. Because you can't beat up on anybody else. Uh, kind of like people who kick their dog when they've just had a fight with their significant other. They, uh, they're they lashing out at somebody. So if you don't even have a dog, kick yourself. Sooner or later that starts happening. So now that you've heard it, what do you think about men and women? That's maybe... What do you think about the question I asked, first of all? Let me ask that. I think it was... That's a good question. I think there's a difference between men and women in the way they... I don't think there's a difference in the way they feel things as much as in, there's a difference in the way that they show how they feel. Is that because they're s- trained to show it that way or because that's just naturally how it arises? Uh, genetics probably has a small part to do with it, but I do think society forms it a lot too. I was like kind of shocked that they were basically denying certain societal things. I was like, what? Uh, okay, there's no such thing as society or subculture. And then there's a subculture. Well, okay, well, subculture could be broken down too, but what do I know? So, anyway, uh, why do you think that it's important to know how men and women, for a show like ours anyway, why is it important to know how men and women express depression or bipolar disorder differently? Because even though they're expressing it differently, some of the way they're feeling actually is similar. And so it, you need to know, A, that it's even though it has different outward signs, it's still the same thing. And also, I think knowing the differences in expressing it are also helpful when it comes to learning how to improve it and manage it. Now, we talked about, the, the question really referred more to uh, depression. So we didn't really talk about how bipolar disorder is different for men and women. How do you think that's different? Once again, going with society, if I had to be a guessing person, I'd probably say women are more likely to compulsively spend and more men are more likely to be sexually promiscuous. Well, in, in fact, when you see bipolar disorder, it is a lot more uh, pure in that the sexes tend to be a little bit more similar. You see less divergence between them. I think what is different is the consequences and how society interacts with them. So, for instance, if you're a woman who's middle of a mania and is being promiscuous because of her hypersexual kind of impulsivity, well, you have to worry about pregnancy in a way that men don't. And if you're a man, unfortunately, in our society, you have the chance to walk away from that a little bit more. A little bit. The same goes, you're more likely to probably have to get into situations where you are going to have to prove some kind of strength or toughness thing if you are a man. I would really say it's an issue of consequences of how men and women are viewed and the the things that they will have to deal with. To some extent, I would also say more with bipolar disorder, you have consequences related to the treatment. So we know with mood stabilizers, for instance, there's often like a weight gain that goes along with that. 30 pounds, maybe. 20, 30 tell the average woman they're going to gain 20 to 30 or even 40 pounds in order to be healthy. See what happens. Tell the average guy that he's not going to be happy, but he'll be like, all right. Now tell the average woman that. In a society obsessed with youth, looks, and thinness. Technology, they are coming out with ones, mood stabilizers that don't have that side effect, though. That is true. They are improving, but all of them have side effects that are still to this day can do things to you that you don't want them to do 
And that is just reality. And one of the prime ones has been weight gain, lethargicness. And especially you know, if you're a woman who is expected to do domestic activities, maybe. You're not going to get them done if you're kind of lethargic, right? So again, it attacks your sense of identity of what it means to be a woman. Nobody likes that. And those are less of concern for men. Not that it's somehow easier or better to be a man or a woman in that situation. It is just different. Don't know the answers to all these. This is kind of why we're talking about it. So we'll be back very soon with even more Teen Roundtable. That's it for today, guys. Remember, flip switch at bpkids.org. Leave a comment. Amy Lynn's just dying to answer all the comments. I actually am. I'm going to let her answer the ones on the show she's not even on. 